This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounds. Of course, this is the place we can say what you want as long as you got the facts today. Uh, well, good morning, by the way. This is just going to be an update over what happened over the weekend. Of course, this being Monday morning. Uh, <clears throat> mostly today, I'm gonna, just going to go over some NBA action. Of course, we got the playoffs, the biggest thing going on. And, of course, we'll be talking a little bit about some uh baseball action we're going to talk over some scores over the weekend and we're going to look at some news there uh we have some history being made by one mike trout and then we're going to go over the standings as well and then i also at the very end i plan on going through what i have planned for the course of this week on the podcast and on youtube uh it's going to be a pretty busy week uh so i gotta get off to a good start let's get into it of course with the nba playoff we're going to start off with saturday's action of course we had the western conference semis game two uh the nuggets were able to even things out with a very deep really really good win actually it was a little bit convincing in my opinion right now in my opinion uh just based on what they were able to do uh they were able to win this one 110 to 101 of course like i said before the the series is now tied one to one for the Nuggets. Uh, they were led by Nikola Jokic, 26 points, 18 rebounds, and four assists. We had Jamal Murray having a comeback game with 27 points, seven assists, and 13 rebounds. Paul Millsap and Gary Harris would have 13 points each, and Paul Millsap would add six rebounds to that. Uh, for the Clippers, uh, it looks like pl- uh, Paul George, aka Playoff P, is starting to come alive to an extent. He was a leading scorer in this score in this game. Excuse me with 22 points eight rebounds and three assists and Ivaka Ivaka Zubak uh the the center uh he had 15 points and nine rebounds some takeaways from the game and some stats as well uh the biggest one being Kawhi he only had 13 points in that game uh would that be indicative of what's to come uh have the Nuggets solved the Kawhi problem I don't think so uh but I do think uh that they can definitely make this a six to seven game series. Uh, I think that they can, I mean, as long as Murray can stay consistent, again, he can't have another game one where he's shooting very bad from the floor. I think he had, he was shooting under like 20 or 30%, something like that, or anything under 50%. Uh, 27 points or 20 plus points is a good addition here, especially with Jokic starting to do his thing. He's getting hot too. Uh, of course, you need, need some bench play from the Nuggets, and they got that uh, with Gary Harris, who has been struggling. Even uh, my Michael Porter Jr. was able to get some double digits in game 
too as well. So there was a lot of things uh, that the Nuggets did right. Uh, can they do it again? consistently they're gonna have to in order to win but it might be a thing where they might not do it for the next couple of games but they might turn on right before an eliminate elimination game i think this team is good enough to at least give you that uh Kawhi, i think that's an anomaly him only getting 13 points that's an anomaly that won't happen too often i don't think they solved the problem of him offensively he might have just had a bad night uh i you know clippers were held to 40 percent uh, field goal, uh, a 40% field goal uh, percentage. So again, they had a difficult shooting uh, night. Regardless, we have Paul George only getting 22 points. So again, you know he probably and he did have a few. He had he had a decent amount of attempts too. So again, they didn't. The Clippers didn't shoot particularly well. Uh, they only shot 28% from three. They only made nine three uh, three pointers. So again, uh, they struggled to convert some baskets. But the the, the Clippers had more rebounds, more assists. Uh, so again. Uh, they were able to get they were able to get more second chance opportunities able to get the ball more often get more possessions so that's a good thing they were still passing the ball very well uh the ball just wasn't going in a hoop so i think uh you have that you have that going for them there and then also they had 18 turnovers do they do that again in the next game i don't think so is there another game in the series where that might happen and that might cost them a game yes uh i think the nuggets are good enough i don't think they're good enough defensively necessarily to always force turnovers but i think they're good enough offensively to when they're able to get those turnovers they're going to do the most to score on the other end i think the nuggets are capable offensively to do that um denver was outscored in the second half 45 to 38 though that's the biggest thing so there was a big point in this game where well this is where i'll finish the point here despite a 44 first quarter a 44 point first quarter and a 72-56 advantage at halftime. However, with that being said, though, as close as the, as the as the, the score got, Denver never gave up the lead. So that ought to tell you something. I mean, they can compete. I mean, they. I mean, and there were some periods where that that you know that lead sort of chipped very close, get very close. Uh, but with that being said, there was never a point where I checked into the game. And then I, when I looked it over the highlights and everything like that, where I saw Denver was losing. So uh, I, I think if Denver, you know, starts a game off hot, uh, they don't give up too many, uh, you know, turnovers themselves. Uh, they play some decent enough defense and, you know, coupled with Kawhi having an off night, maybe, you know, um, and just off night shooting in general from the Clippers. They might they might nab a couple games or two. It's going to be difficult. But again, uh, they were able to make this a series, in my opinion. But then again, we have to see game three because it could all it could kind of just flip on its head again. I just kind of see it happening just because the Clippers are just so good. I just don't see them having two back-to-back uh, bad games. So I don't see the third game being a blowout in the Clippers' favor, but I, I do see them, you know, not performing as badly as they did in game two and, and getting the W. Uh, but let's move on to the Eastern Conference. Uh, we had the semifinals game four between the Raptors and the Celtics. Uh the, the Raptors have roared all the way back. They've tied the series up 2-2 two two with a, a 193 victory. Uh, for the Raptors, they were led by Pascal Siakam. Uh, uh, he's getting better. I mean, he's getting, he's having some better nights here. Uh, he had 20-plus 20 points, 23 points to be exact, 11 rebounds and 2 assists. Kyle Lowry would do his thing as well with 22 points, 7 assists, and 16 rebounds. Actually, 11 rebounds, excuse me. Actually, I think that is the 16 rebounds. And he played really solid defense as well, uh, getting some crucial turnovers and just 
applying the pressure when he needed to. Kyle Lowry is a very underrated player. They do not give him a lot of love. Uh, but when I see the Raptors play, uh, when they're winning, He's a he's a f- part of the factor. I mean, they might not always be giving him love. They might be putting a lot of the, you know, when Kawhi was there, of course, they gave all the love to Kawhi, and right after him, it was Pascal. But uh, Kyle Lowry, uh, definitely very. He's the older he's gotten, I think he's gotten a lot more consistent in the playoffs. The more he's starting to go there, he's getting his experience. He's been a lot more consistent. He's been a, and he's been a lot more of a factor on these squads. But uh, Serge Ibaka also helped out the Raptors as well with 18 points and seven rebounds, and Fred Van Fleet with that 17 points, six assists, and six rebounds. Uh, for the Celtics, they were led by Jason Tatum. He would have 24 points, 10 rebounds, and two, and three assists. Kimball Walker would have. 15 points, 8 assists, and 2 rebounds. And Jalen Brown would have 14 points and um, 6 rebounds. Now, how does a team that was 2 games up end up 2 games down uh, with a series tied? Well, it starts from bad shooting. Uh, Kimball Walker uh, was one of the main culprits of this, going 4 of 9 in in total uh, from the field and also 1 of 6 from 3. The Celtics would go 7 of 35 in general from 3. And this is the big one right here. This is the problem that they're going to have to work on tonight. They went 5 of 22 on uncontested threes. That's not good. Toronto will go 6 of 8 on uncontested threes. So again, 5 of 22. on That means uh, there's a lot of people that Toronto does not respect or maybe a couple people that, there's a couple people that Toronto does not respect at this time uh, in terms of their shooting uh, and they're just getting a bunch of looks and they're not or, or just you know in general these are people that would normally take threes because you have Kimba he would normally you know drop a few threes here and there uh, and he's doing one of six but then that's again that's indicative of where this game is going uh, this game is just so offensively charged so you know it's about scoring the three bucket and shooting is just it's a thing where you go streaky it, it, it happens. Look at it, Houston. It can happen at, at one point or another in this playoff series or the next one if they make it. They can very well go dry. That's the problem with just shooting. You have to have some type of balance. You have to have somebody in there that's going to be able to probe the paint, a uh, big man in there at some point, just to keep the stuff balanced. Or somebody who can drive, still get those isolation buckets. There's nothing wrong with that, Boston. Uh, uh, y'all relying on these jumpers. Y'all not. Everybody wants to play like Golden State, but they're not Golden State. If you want to beat Golden State, if you want to be the different, if you want to be the the next team, you have to be the, the the team that embodies something different. How about encompassing all assets of shooting or all aspects of getting the ball in the basket? There's stuff called driving. You can still post up and make plays. Mix it up, somebody. Like to shoot the three all day. I'm just saying. I mean, I get it. Golden State then then you know ex, you know then uh, you know turns y'all out. Y'all love the three bucket. Y'all have to have all the shooters. But again, it's just it's just too streaky. Again, you you can just go dead and limp out of nowhere. You can't always go limp by just probing the paint and and getting some bodies in there, uh, drawing fouls on yourself, getting extra and ones. I mean, it's much easier. Honestly, it might it might. I'm gonna be honest. It might sound harder physically, but again, it's much much easier to get the three point play by going up in the paint driving a little bit, creating some type of contact, and hopefully, you know, making that bucket, as opposed, sometimes it's just easier to do that, as opposed to just dropping just multiple, because you're not going to always hit those. You'll hit, a, you'll hit, a, you'll, you're more than likely to hit a contacted 
you know, and a lot of people. And this is, you know, again, you have people like Steph Curry and Dame Lillard who are just three masters. But this is what I, my my honest opinion about the rest of these guys that are not like them. Bottom line is because they're not the savant at the three-point range, I feel like they're better off a lot of cases just going and drawing fouls by driving to the – I mean, they're much – they're better off making contested shots. They'll make more contested shots than three-pointers, a lot of these guys. Why not? Why not go to the foul line? Why not, you know, take an easier shot? Why not slam dunk? It's easy. Why not lay it up? We can do all these types of things, Boston. You don't have to just shoot the three all day. You're not going to stay. Get over it. That's my main point. Uh, neither team shot particularly well, though, with that being said. Uh, 39% uh, was what Toronto shot overall from the field. Uh, now, 23 team assists from Toronto, so they were able to pass the ball pretty well. That was their big thing. They're finding people open, and they're playing good team ball, especially offensively. So, has the series changed? Possibly. If I'm Boston, again, especially if they want to shoot the three all, all day long, I'd be concerned. I'd be trying to find more ways to get the ball in the hoop. Like I said, work under the basket. You have Ennis Cantor there. I mean, he can't play too much defense, but you can get him under that basket, draw a couple fouls here and there, and then take him out when he's getting exposed on defense. There's ways to work this out. Y'all think I'm crazy, but no. Nah, shooting threes all day ain't the way. I know Golden State has done it, and they made it look successful, but y'all not Golden State. Y'all have to meet somebody different. Sorry, guys. Let's move on to yesterday's action. Uh, the Eastern Conference Finals Game 4 with the Heat and the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks are, were able to save themselves uh, from elimination even without Giannis. Of course, the Bucks, uh, I mean, sorry, the Heat still hold the series lead at 3 to 1. Uh, the final score here was 118 to 115 in overtime. For the Bucks, they were led by Chris Middleton. He would have 36 points. Uh, he also have 8 assists and 8 rebounds. Giannis, before he went out in the second quarter, would have 19, 19 points and 4 rebounds. Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe would apply 14 points as well, uh, with Brooke Lopez having five assists and two, sorry, five rebounds and two assists, and Eric Bledsoe adding 10 rebounds and six assists. For the Heat, they were led by Bam Adebayo. He would have 26 points, 12 rebounds, and eight assists. Duncan Robinson would add 20 points as well, uh, five rebounds and three assists. Jamison Crowder would have 18 points, five rebounds, and three assists. And Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic, the OGs on the team, would have 17 points. Gene Butler would also have five rebounds and two assists, and Dragic would have four rebounds and eight assists. For Giannis, like I said, he re-injured that ankle in the second quarter, and his status for game five is unsure. So uh, even with this win, the Bucks are still not out the woods just yet. Uh, can they be one of the few teams that come back from 3-1? Without somebody like Giannis, I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, but one of the things that did help him uh, was having a pretty decent field goal percentage. Uh, they were slightly under 50% at 48. Uh, that was much better than Miami, who was just at 44. Uh, Miami did drop 17 threes, which kept them within the game. It was like one of those last bucket type of situations. So that's how this game went. So, again, uh, can the Bucks, you know, stay or you know, be in a situation like this without Giannis per se? I don't know. I, I honestly feel like, you know, it, if, 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 the, if the quarter just had a few more minutes left, Miami would have would have just had enough, just enough gas to pull out a win there and sweep them. I, that's just my opinion. Milwaukee did have the edge in points uh, in the paint and in rebounds, but Miami also did have 15 turnovers, so that's what you know kind of did them in as well. Does Miami give up 15 turnovers again? I don't think so. Uh, Jimmy Butler uh, went on to say that the team kind of got lax in, you know, of course, 
not necessarily, of course I'm paraphrasing, of course, uh, but he basically said that the team kind of got lax after, uh, you know, Giannis got injured. And if he's going to say that, then it's still, I mean, he's the leader of that team. So I'm going to say, well, you got to make sure that doesn't happen next time, Jimmy. That's your squad. So uh, you can say that about your squad. I'm not going to let you throw them under the bus, though, because that's kind of how it sounds. So, no, nah, bro, uh, you the leader. So next time you got to make sure you, you know, you're kicking them in the butt and making sure they, you know, got the pedal to the floor then. That's on you. Uh, let's move on to Western Conference Finals Game 2 with the Rockets taking on the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers even up the series as well. 117-109 uh, is the final score there. Like I said, the series is tied now 1-1 one one, uh, for the Rockets. James Harden, James Harden will lead the way with 27 points, 7 assists, uh, and 2 rebounds. Eric Gordon will be the next uh, next step with 24 points and 3 assists. And P.J. Tucker would have 18 points. A lot of those from those corner threes, which were really, I mean, Ah, uh, just PJ Tucker. I mean, he just, you know, he he surprises me. I, I I you know he was not on the radar for me. Like I didn't even know he existed until like a few years ago. But he's a really solid player. Like he just busts his threes, uh, whenever he can. And he plays really solid defense on whoever. Uh, to last night he didn't play the greatest of defenses on Anthony Davis, who had thirty four points. But again, in general, he plays solid defense. Anthony Davis is just hella big. That's just thing. Uh, 10 rebounds and also uh, 10 rebounds for Anthony Davis as well. He also had four assists. LeBron uh, will do his thing, just creating playoff history. We'll get to that in just a second. But 28 points overall from him, 11 rebounds and nine assists. And Marquise Morris coming off the bench, man, with 16 points. Uh, most of those from the three point line. I think there was a period of time, like in the first quarter, where I think he was like four for four, or was it the second? Some somewhere earlier in the game, he was busting, and it was just like, damn, like you know, like there's a certain like. I, I think I've you know at this point I'm almost thirty years old. I've watched so many sports now, you know, so many sports games, so many playoff series and stuff like that, you know, with different games, different teams, whatever. You kind of you kind of look at a game and you look at it, you turn it on. And you see a certain sequence, and you're like, man, um, this game, I'm not saying this whole series is over, but you're saying this game is a wrap. When I saw Marquise Morris just bust off and go four for four for three early in the game, I'm like, this is kind of over. There's, I mean, come on. Uh, if Marquise Morris is showing out, it, this game is, is over. It's gonna, It might be a little bit close, but I got I, the Lakers was going to win that one. I mean, it was... It was, it was a little bit too easy for him last night, especially with Anthony Davis and that matchup against P.J. Tucker. The Lakers, like I said, had a better field goal percentage. Like I said, it was a little bit too easy for them, 56%. Uh, but the Rockets made 22 threes. Of course, that's their bread and butter. That's going to keep them in the series. Uh, again, they're going to have to do some some change, get some changes and some switches on Anthony Davis or LeBron, especially when they start that pick and roll. That hasn't been done just yet. Uh, but they're going to have to do something defensively on Anthony Davis. Uh, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of easy buckets because and that could be and imagine just you know 34 points in game two um what if they can do like 40 50 with him in like game four or five that's not that does not seem to signal a good thing for the rockets right now even with the threes uh because again there's a high percentage shots high percentage what anthony davis does is high percentage that's why you have to have that balance if they had somebody if the rockets had somebody like that who can just get 34 points pretty much in the paint like that and dominate like that they'd be at you okay they'd be a favorite to win in the finals right now just think about it it's about balance not about just shooting the three all the time man y'all got it even the lakers know they got they got some people that they can work with them 
Um, but they just, you know, they just didn't got the best three-point shooters. But Lakers would have an edge uh, in rebounds, assists, points in the paint, of course. And they would have 14 steals and overall for 17 turnovers. So, again, the Rockets uh, can't play sloppy. That's their biggest thing. They're playing a little bit too sloppy. Uh, they got to pick it up. All right, y'all, I'm going to take a quick break, and when I get back, I'll be talking some MLB action, and I'll be back I'll be right back in just a second. today with an MLB update of course all the action and drama from over the weekend uh, we have some news to go over real quick uh, starting with some Mike Trout uh, well just some Mike Trout today uh, he has become the fastest player in Major League history to amass 300 homers and 200 steals this weekend versus the Houston Astros it took him 1,235 games beating out Willie Mays from the San Francisco Giants by 60 games he stole his 200 200 base last season versus the boston red sox he currently has 201 he's not the fastest guy he's not like ricky henderson he is also the franchise's all-time home runs leader surpassing tim salmon i believe this was a saturday uh, friday uh with 300 so again uh just a little tidbit about mike trout again one of the the top players in the league just in an unfortunate circumstance right now the team right now in los angeles the angels right now they're just not that good uh so he has a lot of talent here as you can see he's a hall of famer a lot of people will consider him a hall of famer for those who might not be in the baseball but mike trout is one of those top players right now hall of fame worthy uh just you know still you know beating out getting records breaking records uh hopefully things will change for him he's still in his prime i believe he's around 28 uh, right now, so hopefully some things will change there on that team, or maybe uh, he gets a trade to a, a contender, and maybe uh, before he's it's all set and done, he retires, uh, he can get some type of hardware, some type of World Series hardware, because he's has a, he has a whole bunch of individual trophies and MVPs, at least a couple MVPs. So, uh, so just just putting that out there. Let's get into some scores from over the weekend. Just a few, some of the top scores. We do have some intra uh, league play uh, between the NL, the AL East uh, top team, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and the Marlins out there in Miami. The Rays win this one five to four. Uh, the Rays will move up to twenty. I believe that's twenty eight and thirteen, and the Marlins are tw- uh, sorry seventeen and eighteen. For the Marlins, they were led by center fielder Sterling Marte. He would have two hits and two RBIs. And outfielder Matt Joyce would have a hit, a walk, and he also will bring in a run as well. Uh, for the Rays, they were led by outfielder Randy Arozarana. He would have three hits, uh, including two home runs and also two RBIs. Right fielder Hunter Renfro, no, not that Hunter Renfro. It's a different one. He hit a home run in an RBI, and pitcher Tyler Glass now got the start. He would end up actually getting the win, being credited with the win as well, going to five innings, 
getting three earned runs, but also getting nine strikeouts as well. Uh, moving on, uh, we got some Bay Area teams in action. The Giants were able to get a win against the Diamondbacks, four to two. Uh, the Giants move up to twenty and twenty-one on the season, and the Diamondbacks move to will move down to fifteen and twenty-six. Uh, for the Diamondbacks, uh, they were uh, they were able to get uh, an RBI from center fielder Tommy LeCastro, who also hit his major league, his first major league home run as well. Congrats to him! And we also got second builder, second second baseman, second builder. Get out of here! I had the words baseman and center fielder mixed up in my head. Yeah, I'm retarded like that. No, I'm not. Don't ever say that about me. I'm just joking. Second baseman, Josh Rojas, would have an RBI as well. For the Giants, uh, I've been hearing this guy's name a lot. Um, I think he's under the radar, a little bit underrated. But I'm, I, what I mean is when I hear about him, when I'm looking him up, it's always in a good way. They're not always talking about him, mentioning his name per se, especially in the national media. But he's always doing something when I look in the box score, when I look up uh, what happens in the games or the highlights. Second baseman, Donovan Solano. Three for three yesterday. Three run, uh, sorry, a two run home run. He also hit a double and a single as well. He could have had a triple and had a cycle. That's how good of a game he had. First baseman Brandon Belt would also have a home run, and so would Chad with this their catcher Chad with Trump. Uh, and pitcher Johnny Cueto would get the start. He would go for five innings and get the win, uh, giving up seven hits but only two earned runs. He also has seven strikeouts as well. And finally, uh, the A's, they were in action yesterday. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they took an L to the Padres, 5-3. to three. Uh, The Padres, though, are not your typical Padres. They're actually pretty good this year. The Padres move up to 25 and 17. The A's are now 23 and 14. For the Padres, they were led by shortstop Fernando Fernando Tatis Jr. He would have two hits and two RBIs. Uh, designated hitter Eric Hosmer would have two hits in an RBI. Second baseman Jake Cronenworth would have two hits in an RBI as well. And pitcher Grant, oh sorry, Garrett Richards uh, gets the start and the win yesterday, uh, going for seven innings, only giving up three earned runs, and he also had nine strikeouts. For the A's, uh, Matt Olson did his thing with two hits and two RBIs, and uh, catcher Sean Murphy would have a hit in an RBI as well. Uh, the pitching staff yesterday for the A's, uh, they did have their struggles. Pitcher Mike Fears, uh, he did take the L. He did get the start. He went for five, uh, I believe it was five innings. He did give up three runs, two walks. He only had four strikeouts in the bullpen. Uh, they will go the rest of the way, giving up five hits and another two runs, of course, uh, helping uh, helping the Padres to that win. Uh, but the good news for the A's is uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second when we go over the standings. All right, y'all, so let's get into it. Like I said, um, with the standings, we're going to start off in the American League. Uh, in the American League East, we have the Rays on top. Like I said, they were 28-13 and 13, uh, after that victory yesterday against the Marlins. Uh, the Blue Jays are right behind them. Actually, not actually so far. Actually, a little bit of a ways. Five and a half games behind uh, the leader. 22-18 uh, and 18 for the Blue Jays. Behind them, we have the Yankees. Uh, they're at 21-19, six and a half games back. And behind them, a couple games are the Orioles, 19-21. Uh, the Orioles have just always struggled. Uh, for an example, uh, they recently snapped, an, I believe it was a 15-game losing streak. It could even have been 18 games uh, to the Yankees this weekend. I believe they either won two straight against them or won two out of three. Uh, but again, the Orioles have just struggled so much, you know, just in so many recent years that they just they just can't beat one team, uh, you know, and, and, and it's just, uh, you know, 
it sucks. But again, they're 19 and 21. They're in the fourth place spot. I don't expect that to change at, in, at this point in the season either. At number five, we have the Red Sox at 14 and 28. Actually, I believe that is at issue. That is 14 and 28. That is surprising too. Uh, I don't know what to say about the Red Sox right now. Maybe there's some injuries. Maybe there's some COVID absences that we have to look into. Uh, but they are struggling mightily as well. That's actually a surprise for me because, of course, uh, the Red Sox are normally but then no no they weren't so good last season either so maybe this is just them the wheels falling off let's move on to the al central we have the chicago white Sox, another surprise of the season they are 26 and 15 on top uh at the number two spot in the division we have the indians they are 25 and 15 they are just a half game back the twins they are 25 and 17 just a half game back as well uh that is good this is going to be an interesting race at least between the, the top three uh at the fourth place spot we have the tigers who are 18 and 22 six and a half games back uh, I would say expect for them and the Royals to remain where they're at right now. The Royals are the fifth place at the bottom, 14 and 27. I, I don't, I, I see, I mean, I know who the Twins are, the Indians. Uh, they really have deep squads. Chicago's a little bit surprising. I, I don't think Chicago continues this momentum through the course of the season. It would definitely surprise me. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, my money's on the Twins probably to pull it out. Uh, just because they they just had, especially if we're going off of last season and, and the power uh, in terms of their li their lineup and just the, the power hitters that they have, I think that eventually that'll eventually come to fruition for them. Uh, Chicago, they're a new team on the scene. I, I don't think they, I mean, I think they generate you know the the attention now, but I, I think you know they crash down a little bit down to earth. And I think they finished about second in the division right now. The Indians, you know, I'm not too sold on them. Uh, but the Tigers and the Royals, you can all, you can already cross them out. Let's just let's just keep that real. Let's move on to the AL West. Like I said, there was some good news for the A's, and we are yes, there is some good news. We are 23 and 14, which means we are still on top of our division by three and a half games. I love it. I hate the Astros, especially now that they, actually, I didn't ever hate the Astros until they became cheaters. I respected them as a rival. They were always one step above us, kind of like a Dexter Mandark thing. So it was that. Now I just have right outright hate them since they cheated. So three and a half games back are the Astros. Fuck those guys. Twenty-one to nineteen. I'm gonna talk shit about them. Yeah, fuck those guys. At number three, we have the Mariners. They are eighteen and twenty-two, six and a half games back. I don't see too much changing from them. They're. I don't want to say the word dumpster fire. That sounds too kind of harsh, but nothing's gonna change for them. Andrew saying thing. It's just the unfortunate situation that Mike Trout is on that team. That sucks. 17 and 25 for them. That won't change. And of course, at the bottom, we have the Rangers at 13 and 26. That ain't going to change to them either. You can call them a dumpster fire. Um, let's call us a wrap for today. As far as what I got going on for the rest of the week uh, with the podcast, uh, I'll be keeping you up. You know, guys, updating what's going on in the sports world right now. Uh, we do have one more week until the NFL starts. I am looking to get into some fantasy football myself and keep you guys updated through that process uh, via social media. So look out for that. Um, also, uh, as far as YouTube channel is concerned, I am working on my, my review for Big Daddy. I am working on my uh, my comparison between the Godfather series and also the Mafia series of so work. I'm still working on that. So those projects are coming up. Uh, and also, I know there's going to be some news that's going to happen. There's going to be some news that's going to pop up. So I'll, I'll keep the news cycle and the news, the big-time news stories for the YouTube channel as well as those views and everything 
And like I said for the podcast, we'll be digging into some NFL action. Of course, we have one more week until the season is is going is going to start. Of course, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can hit me up on my Instagram at L Jamal seven ninety one E L J A M A H seven ninety one. Also the Facebook and uh, Facebook as well at L Jamal Johnny E L J A M A H A D J A and I. Of course, I'll leave all that visible to you guys on my YouTube channel and also all my other social media links. You know you can hit me up on my Facebook. Of course I have a Facebook. Of course I have the YouTube. Same name. Never out of bounds. You know what you can do. I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. I will be back uh, in a couple days. Uh, I try. I will possibly even tomorrow for that Big Daddy review. So y'all look out for that. I'll be working on that tonight as we speak. So alright y'all. Peace out. One love. And I'll holler at you guys later.